Part One of the County Regiment. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Epistomolus. The County Regiment by Dudley L. Vale. Part One. The County Regiment, a sketch of the Second Regiment of Connecticut Volunteer Heavy Artillery, originally the 19th Volunteer Infantry, in the Civil War, by Dudley Landon Vale. Prefatory For those who dwell within its borders, or whose ancestral roots are bedded among its hills, the claims of Litchfield County to distinction are many and of many kinds. In these latter days it has become notable as the home of certain organizations of unique character and high purpose which flourish under circumstances highly exceptional and certainly no less highly appreciated. It is as part of the work of one of these that there is commemorated in this volume an organization of an earlier day, one distinctively of the county, in no way unique in its time, but of the highest purpose, the regiment gathered here for the national defense in the Civil War. The county's participation in that defense was by no means restricted to the raising of a single regiment. Quite as many, perhaps more, of its sons were enrolled in other commands as made up what was known originally as the 19th Connecticut Volunteer Infantry. But in that body its organized effort as a county found expression, and it was proud to let the splendid record of that body stand as typical of its sacrifices for the preservation of the Union. Though the history of that regiment's career has been written in full detail, the purpose of this slight repetition of the story needs no apology. There is sufficient justification in its intrinsic interest, to say nothing of a personal interest in its members, men who gave such proofs of their quality, and whose survivors are still our neighbors in probably every town in the county. There is also something more than mere interest to be gained in considering historical matters of such immensity as the Civil War, in giving the attention to some minute section of the whole, such as the account of individual experiences, or of the career of a particular regiment such as this. It is of great value as bringing an adequate realization of the actual bearing of the great events of that time upon the people of the time. The story of a body of Litchfield County men, such men as we see every day, drawn from such homes as we know all about us, is a potent help to understanding in what way and with what aspects these great historical movements bore upon the people of the country, for the experience of this group of towns and their sons furnished but one small instance of what was born, infinitely magnified, throughout the nation. It will readily appear that the subject might furnish material for a notable volume, in the present case nothing is possible save a brief sketch of the matter, made up chiefly, as will be seen, of citations from the published history of the regiment, and from other sources of information as were easily accessible. Among the latter must be noted the records of the regimental association, to which access was had through the courtesy of its secretary, D. C. Kilbourne, Esquire, of Litchfield, and his assistants, as well as that of H. W. Wessels, Esquire, of Litchfield, to both of whom the securing of most of the illustrations used is due, is gratefully acknowledged. THE COUNTY REGIMENT In spite of the labors of unnumbered chroniclers, it is not easy, if indeed it is possible, 
for us of this later generation to realize adequately the great patriotic uprising of the war times. It began in the early days of 1861 with the assault on Fort Sumter, which, following a long and trying season of uncertainty, furnished the sudden shock that resolved the doubts of the wavering and changed the opinions of the incredulous. Immediately there swept over all the northern states a wave of intense national feeling, attended by scenes of patriotic and confident enthusiasm more noisy than far-sighted, and there was a resulting host of volunteers who went forth for the service of ninety days with the largest hopes and proportionate ignorance of the crisis which had come to the nation. Of these Connecticut furnished more than her allotted share, and Litchfield County a due proportion. The climax of this excited period was supplied by the Battle of Bull Run. There was surprise, and almost consternation, at the first news of this salutary event, but quickly following a renewed rally of patriotic feeling, less excited but more determined, and with a clearer apprehension of the actual situation. The enlistment of volunteers for a longer term had been begun, and now went forward briskly for many months. Regiment after regiment was enrolled, equipped, and sent southward until, in the spring of 1862, the force of this movement began to spend itself. The national arms had met with some important successes during the winter, and a feeling of confidence had arisen in the invincibility of the Grand Army of the Potomac, which had been gathering and organizing under General McClellan for what the impatient country was disposed to think an interminable time. A War Department order in April 1862, putting a stop to recruiting for the armies, added to the confidence, since an easy inference could be drawn from it, and the North settled down to await with high hopes the results of McClellan's long-expected advance. Then came the campaign on the peninsula. At first there was but meager news and a multitude of conflicting rumors about its fierce battles and famous retreat, but in the end the realization of the failure of this mighty effort. To the country it was a disappointment, literally stunning in its proportions, but now at length there was revealed the magnitude of the task confronting the nation, and again there sprang up the determination, grim and intense, to strain every nerve for the restoration of the Union. The President's call for three hundred thousand men to serve for three years or the war was proclaimed to this state by Governor Buckingham on July 3, 1862, and evidence was at once forthcoming that it was sternly heeded by the people. To fill Connecticut's quota under this call, it was proposed that regiments should be raised by counties. A convention was promptly called, which met in Litchfield on July 22nd. Delegates from every town in the county were in attendance, representatives of all shades of political opinion and individual bias, but the conclusions of the meeting were unanimously reached. It was resolved that Litchfield County should furnish an entire regiment of volunteers, and that Leverett W. Wessels, at that time sheriff, should be recommended as its commander. Immediate steps were taken to render this determination effective. The governor promptly accepted the recommendation as to the colonelcy. Recruiting officers were designated to secure enlistments, bounties voted by the different towns as proposed by the county meeting, and the movement thoroughly organized. 
although there was a clear appreciation of the present need, the dozen or more Connecticut regiments already in the field had drawn a large number of men from Litchfield County, and effort was necessary to gain the required enrollment. There had been many opportunities already for all to volunteer who had any wish to do so, but the call now came to men who a few weeks before had hardly dreamed of the need of their serving. Men not to be attracted by the excitement of a novel adventure, but who recognized soberly the duty that was presenting itself in this emergency, and men of a very different stamp from those drawn into the ranks in the later years of the war by enormous bounties. It is reasonable to think that pride in the success of the county's effort was a factor in stimulating enlistments. Announcement that a draft would be resorted to later was doubtless another. Just at this time, also, the return from a year's captivity in the south of the Reverend Hiram Eddy of Winstead, who had been made prisoner at Bull Run, furnished a powerful advocate to the cause. Night after night he spoke in different towns, urging the call to service fervently and with effect. It is to be noted that at the same time that this endeavor was being made to fill the ranks of a regiment for three years' service, Recruiting was going on with almost equal vigor under the call for men to serve for nine months, and three full companies were contributed by Litchfield County to the 28th Infantry, which bore a valiant part in the campaign against Port Hudson in the following summer. It is possible to gain some idea of how the great tides of war were felt throughout the whole land by imagining the stir and turmoil thus brought, in the summer of 1862, into the remote and peaceful quarter by this engrossing struggle. In the last week of August, the necessary number of recruits having been secured, the different companies were brought together in Litchfield and marched to the hill overlooking the town which had been selected as the location of Camp Dutton, named in honor of Lieutenant Henry M. Dutton, who had fallen in battle at Cedar Mountain shortly before. Lieutenant Dutton, the son of Governor Henry Dutton, was a graduate of Yale in the class of 1857, and was practicing law in Litchfield when he volunteered for service on the organization of the 5th Connecticut Infantry. The interest and pride of the county in its own regiment was naturally of the strongest. The family that had no son or brother or cousin in its ranks seemed almost the exception, and Camp Dutton became at once the goal of a ceaseless stream of visitors from far and near, somewhat to the prejudice of those principles of military order and discipline which had now to be acquired. The preparation and drill which employed the scant two weeks spent here were supervised by Lieutenant Colonel Kellogg, fresh from McClellan's army in Virginia, and he was afterwards reported as delivering the opinion that if there were nine hundred men in the camp, there were certainly nine thousand women most of the time. With all possible haste, preparations were made for an early departure, but there was opportunity for a formal mustering of the regiment in Litchfield, when a fine set of colors was presented by William Curtis Noyes, Esquire, in behalf of his wife. A horse for the colonel was given also, by the Honorable Robbins Battelle, saddle and equipments by Judge Origen S. Seymour, and a sword by the deputies who had served under Sheriff Wessels. On September 15, 1862, the 889 officers and men, now mustered as the 19th Connecticut Volunteer Infantry broke camp, made their first march to East Litchfield Station 
and started for the south, with the entire population, for miles around, gathered to witness, not as a holiday spectacle, but as a farewell, grave with significance, the departure of the county regiment. In order to raise it, says the regimental history, Litchfield County had given up the flower of her youth, the hope and pride of hundreds of families, and they had by no means enlisted to fight for a superior class of men at home. There were no superior class at home. In moral qualities, in social worth, in every civil relation, they were the best that Connecticut had to give. More than fifty of the rank and file of the regiment subsequently found their way to commissions, and at least a hundred more proved themselves not a whit less competent or worthy to wear the sash and saber if it had been their fortune. The regimental officers were Colonel Leverett W. Wessels, Litchfield, Lieutenant Colonel Elijah S. Kellogg, Darby, Major Nathaniel Smith, Woodbury, Adjutant Charles J. Deming, Litchfield, Quartermaster Bradley D. Lee, Barkhamstead, Chaplain Jonathan A. Wainwright, Torrington, Surgeon Henry Plum, New Milford. Colonel Wessels, a native of Litchfield and a brother of General Henry W. Wessels of the regular army, had been prominent in public affairs before the war, and served for twelve years as sheriff. Ill health interfered with his service with the regiment from the first, and finally compelled his resignation in September 1863. Later he was appointed provost-marshal for the 4th District of Connecticut, and for many years after the war was active in civil affairs, being the candidate for state treasurer on the Republican ticket in 1868, quartermaster-general on Governor Andrew's staff, and member of the General Assembly. He died at Dover, Delaware, April 4, 1895. End of Part 1 Recording by Epistomolus Cupertino, California, epcomm slash school.